This is the Work Minus Podcast, where we talk about what we need to drop from how we work today and transformative ideas to help you build a better workplace. To hear all of our episodes and read articles about how you can improve your workplace, go to workminus.com. Today, our guest is Sujan Patel. He's a managing partner of Ramp Ventures, and this episode is Work Minus Everything. Hi, Sujan. How are you? Good. Good. Excited to talk about this topic today. <laughs> yeah, it's a big topic. So uh, we start off saying that you're the managing partner of Ramp Ventures, but that's only like one slice of who you are. So why don't you give a little bit of background to people who maybe aren't as familiar with you about everything you do? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I say managing partner of Ramp Ventures because it's it's something you can say in one sentence uh, <laughs> or one phrase. Uh, but I do a lot. So Ramp Ventures, we own and operate um, seven SaaS companies. Mm-hmm. And our business is essentially um, buying and growing and potentially sometimes selling software businesses. We focus on the B2B space. Uh, well, we actually hyper-focus. We hyper-focus on, um, if I were talking to a non-technical person, I would say, yeah, B2B software. Um, if I'm talking to somebody in the industry, I would say B2B staff, specifically self-service in the sales and marketing tech space and in HR tech. So three categories. Mm-hmm. Self-service is a very specific thing. And this is all part of why I'm able to do a lot with little when I say little, small teams, um, small budget, very, very small budgets, if anything. Um, and also, obviously, splitting my time between multiple companies. And on top of that, I also run a, uh, a marketing agency. Again, um, we, we're, we're a global agency uh, called Web Profits. And so, you know, so in com- combination of everything, I have nine companies that every day, uh, you know, add stress to my life that I think about, that I think about when I wake up, when I go to sleep and, and whatnot. And this topic, we're saying we said work minus everything because what we really want to get down to is how does somebody run nine companies? You know, um, essentially, we're talking about prioritization. How do you focus on what you want to do? So, why don't you start off just telling us what you feel like is the difference between productivity and prioritization? Yeah. So, one big thing is as a company, as an individual contributor to to a company. So, whether you're an employee, uh, low level, entry level, or or an executive or a founder. Uh, you've got the same, everyone has the same amount of time in their day, right? 24 hours. If you really think about it, you probably have eight and some people have 16 productive hours in their day, right? I don't know about you, but I've, I've got maybe five to six good hours in me and the rest (laughs) is just like, maybe I can do some spreadsheets, you know, some brainless work, but, um, you know, I've got a good couple hours in me and then I'm kind of done. So I look at this as more, not just like prioritization or, um, productivity. I look at this as brain power, right? So how much brain power can I expend in a given day? And I've actually burned out in the past running one business where I had 30 employees working for me. Most of them were direct reports, um, but we were doing a lot. But um, And so I learned this from actually failing miserably at this and ended up doing a fire sale of this business because I just wanted to get out. Um, and, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy I went through this experience. But ultimately, um, Productivity comes after prioritization. Um, and what I mean by this is like, you've got, again, we talked about the time, but if somebody has, you know, let's say you're in the marketing world, like that's kind of my role at Ramp Ventures. I do all things marketing or anything that touches the customer. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, if I were to go take 10 initiatives on, um, I would have to split my time between 10 different things. Now, if you think about the 10 things and I look at prioritization, and I just do. I ask myself the simple question: Okay, I've got ten marketing ideas. How impactful is each of those ideas going to be? Um, 
and and it's doing the math on how impactful they will be uh, from a maybe from, from what matters to you. So for me, it's number of customers, it's revenue. That that's a business metric, right? Ultimately, so if I look at every ten marketing cha- uh, marketing ideas, I'll probably have some that are really awesome, mm-hmm. some that have a lot of potential, some that maybe not gonna do so well, and so immediately stuff gets kind of categorized as like high impact. And then if you think about execution, so let's just say you have three or four good ideas that are going to move the needle, and then you've got you know five or six or seven kind of okay ideas. So off the bat, let's kill those six or seven ideas that just maybe don't work uh, or aren't going to be the most impactful. Then if you look at those three or four ideas that are like the, the things that are going to drive the, drive the business forward, not all of them will be at, uh, and from a completion standpoint, you know, they're not going to be something that can be done in a week. Maybe someone will take a day, someone will take three months. So you think about how long things are going to take. And then you look at where they, where you are as a business, as an individual in that idea. So if you're at 0% at four ideas, then it's really about what's the one, what's the best, what's the thing you can do to get the quickest momentum? What's the, the, the least time to get the biggest impact? It's very simple. Choose the one that's going to take the greatest. Maybe some things take foundational work where it's going to take a year, but you have to chip away at it. So you're using that to kind of get from 0% to 50%. But um, I like to focus on, again, the highest impact, least amount of time, least amount of work, stress on the team. And start with that because it's kind of like eat that frog. Um, uh, it's a productivity book uh, and really focuses the gist is do the hardest thing first. Uh, th- my case is get a big win. And then when you have the big win, and an easy win for if it if it takes let's say two days versus a project that takes two weeks, then you've got momentum to go build that two weeks thing. And if if you need to get development time, you need other people to buy in. Well, then you have a win you can share, right? And so, uh, hey, we just did this. Here's the next thing on the block. It's going to take this much time, whatever. So now you can get your colleagues and teams, team members bought in. So I have a, a big question that that I encounter a lot in my life is that it's very easy for me to justify any task that comes around as being important and maybe a little urgent or, you know, that, that is a big thing. And so maybe it's just not stopping enough to really ask those deep questions, but how do you really convince yourself that a project is not worth doing right now, at least, or or delaying? Yeah. So the biggest and most impactful thing that has come for me is I do not ever do things that come up right away. So if I have an idea, so, okay, there's, if there's, there's, urgent and immediate things. So I'm a part of EO Entrepreneurs Organization, and we have a really simple um, uh, simple kind of two-axis uh, two chart. Uh, there's on the top right, urgent and important. On the top left is, uh, sorry, urgent and immediate. Top left is um, urgent, but not immediate. Bottom is non-urgent, not immediate. Bottom right is um, not urgent, not not important right, right. Uh, sure. or not impactful and and so what you're talking about is spending a lot of time in the first quadrant where you're doing things that are as they're coming they're really really important and one as things are coming about everything feels like a freaking priority right like everything right. is going to be a huge but when you think about when you have a plan you you start to think through and, and so first of all this is this requires kind of taking two steps back and being less productive sometimes. And, and I think that's okay. Um, it, you have to give yourself a little bit of permission um, to be able to do that. But um, 
So if you if you if you acknowledge the fact that you might slow down for a week before you really speed up, um, you'll you'll kind of be a little bit healthier mindset to go go through this. But ultimately, um, what I'm referring to is like think about everything that comes in, prioritize your day, prioritize your week, and and kind of prioritize your quarter. Um, so um, I like to come up with anything that comes through the door if it's a new initiative. I put it in the ringer with all of the other initiatives that are going on. And every week, my team and I go through all the initiatives that we got, ideas, whatever. And we that that new idea will come up and we'll discuss it. What that allows people to do and allows me to do it and my team is that everybody has a voice. They can put their ideas in. You know, frankly, not everyone's ideas is going to be the greatest, you know, and not even that it's everyone's ideas. Not all of your ideas, even if you've come up with five out of five wins, uh, maybe your sixth to 10th one is going to not always be the greatest. Maybe seven is going to be amazing. But what it does is it allows you to kind of have a place to document things. I use a spreadsheet. And then every week we just say, okay, what are the new things we want to go work on? Um, and sometimes we don't have the bandwidth for new things. Uh, sometimes we have a lot of bandwidth. And then when we look at all the new things we can work on, what we're doing is we're weighing them against each other. And I think that's a it's often missed exercise that um, what it ends up doing, at least in my case, at my experience, is that it it um, it gives you the excuse to just work on things as they come, um, instead of work on things that are important and and impactful. So you said uh, weighing things against each other. So what are some of the things that immediately you you look at? Hey, this is this is definitely going to be a better use of our time than than a, another option. What are what are those metrics you use? Yeah. So first and foremost is, again, the impact, right? So anytime someone comes with an idea, there's the idea, there's a little bit of, there's three, there's, there's three columns here. The idea itself, a little bit of notes, maybe you have some context, like, Hey, this worked for XYZ company. You have maybe some, some, some articles or content you need to link to. And then there's the impact. So everyone coming up with an idea has to list the impact. So ultimately, if you just sort by greatest to least impact, now you know what's ultimately for your business. Of what you thought of, what's going to have the biggest to worst impact, or least impact. Um, the next thing is to look at the time uh, it's going to take. So uh, the things to consider is like, okay, is this something I can do? Is this something that's going to take my ho- multiple people to work on? Uh, is and then another thing is, is this going to be something that it takes dev time? So anything that takes dev time, they have their own kind of workflow and things like that. So what I'm effectively doing is adding things to their plate, which may not be happening tomorrow. They may, it may be another day. It might be next week. It might be next month or whenever they can squeeze it in. And so, um, so that's kind of how I look at it. And the other thing is if it's a bold idea, how can we test this hypothesis? Like what's the least, not necessarily the least impactful, but what's the least, what, how can I break this idea down into the simplest? And and usually that's my job. And I, what I'm what I'm effectively talking about here is kind of like a scrum type meeting for for non development teams, um, where every week we kind of get together and think about what are all the things that we can do. Um, and 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 uh, you know my job as the what I would call myself is more of the program manager, not a project manager. In in this kind of wearing my hat, this usually Monday mornings when we when we meet when I meet with a team. Each team, I kind of spend 30 minutes to an hour every week to kind of set their week uh, activities up. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, what, what essentially this is, is like uh, trying to get a, your idea down to an MVP and then, you know, letting, the, letting that person have that idea and then helping them break down like, 
what it's going to take to actually get it done. Because when you come up with the idea, generally, most people will be like, okay, well, now how do I do this? Uh, and you go into the how and the what immediately. But what I'm, you know, my simple spreadsheet, what it forces you to do is it forces you to think of the why first. Because if you go into the how and what, sure, most people can solve problems. Like if you're going to go, uh, if you're going to go solve a problem, sure, like you, you, you can do it. It might be a matter of hours, time, tenacity, you know, for failure. But if you think about why you should solve this problem and, and the impact it will have on your business, it may, it may just be a moot point and you might want to move on to your next idea. And so that's really, that's really the, the, the key here is, is to really do a couple things really, really, really well and refine them. Um, and, and this kind of goes not just for software, but e-commerce and, and really, again, from a founder perspective to uh, down to an individual employee, everybody can kind of write things down on their own on a notepad and, and, and then look back every week and say, okay, well, what are the things I should work on? I want to talk a little bit more about these team dynamics because it's it's different to just look at your own tasks, the only things you're supposed to be doing and prioritize those versus doing it as a team or doing it in a situation where somebody else is prioritizing those tasks for you. So how do you, you manage those tensions, helping people understand what is the most important thing they can be doing and, and how to articulate that within a team? So, so first of all, I have, it's really the art of selling your team um, and, and the people you hire that we're going to do, we're not going to do 50 things this year. We're going to do five. We're going to do them exceptionally well. And so now it's our job, one, to make sure we do the most important, impactful um, five things. Um, and, and then every week, it's then comes down to, well, what am I working on? What, what are the five things I'm working on? So it's really KPI. So everyone on the marketing team um, has their own one or two KPIs, um, key performance indicators, uh, for those of you who don't know who K- what KPI is, uh, many different formats you can use KPIs in, and, and there's OKRs, there's different types of ways to kind of uh, alternatives to KPIs, but we use KPIs. And ultimately, each person has a number. Like my customer success person has a number. It's called, or two numbers actually, it's upsells, uh, upsell revenue, um, and churn. And that churn number, our goal is to reduce that number. And, you know, the first few years, we didn't have a number or a goal of like, we want to reduce it to X percent. But now we do. It's like, okay, we want to reduce it from 6% to 4%. And that's that's the number that that person focuses on. And then, I, then like, if, if I think about it, this individual I'm talking about, his name is Louise. Louise has a number. He needs to reduce churn by 2%. That's his number. He is rewarded and fails based off of, or like, uh, and not maybe punished, but like his success at the company as an individual contributor is based off that 2% reduction. Mm-hmm. Then it's about, then if, if I think about, if I give Louise that task, and I tell him you can only do five things to actually do this. But those five things are like channels, like strategies, not like one tactic. Like it doesn't count. Like there may be many tactics that make up a strategy. Um, then Louise is kind of empowered to think about what are the biggest things I can do. And again, like um, what most people would do in- immediately, especially in the beginning, will be like, I'm going to do, I'm going to make a list of all the things I can do. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I'm like, wait, hold on, make that list and let's just look through it. And then I, I like, like I, like I said, like I will walk them through helping them organize and, and measuring the impact. And it is a hard thing to kind of come into when, when you join our team. Um, but 
after you do it, it takes about a month or two to really think about that things this way. After that, like everyone's kind of on their own. Like they, they're, they're like, no, I'm not going to do this. It's too small. Right. So uh, another example is, uh, one of our companies, Mailshake, um, we, I was just talking to our Mark who runs kind of all things marketing at, at Mailshake. And he's like, Hey, we have a number, um, um, we want to go after. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about all the, his, our, our predominant channel that he focuses on is content marketing and SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, what else can I do besides this? And so I was like, let's just make a list. Go, go do this. So let's, can you do a referral program? Can you make an affiliate program? Can you increase word of mouth? Can we, can we do more advertising? Uh, and I can give you, let's just have an infinite budget here for, for the sake of conversation. And this is a conversation I literally had with him yesterday. And we went through this road of like all the other channels he can work on. And when we looked at the impact of all these other channels in terms of number of customers, so his number is 1,000 customers new a month by the end of the year. Um, and I won't tell you where we are at. We're pretty, we're more than 50% there. But um, um, the, the point is he has a number. And then when he came up with all these other ideas, when we had at the end of this conversation, we're like, okay, well, affiliate may drive X percent, X number of customers. Uh, referral might drive X number of customers. Uh, AdWords may drive X. Facebook might do this and that and the other. When we looked at all this stuff and we added up all the new things he could do, it didn't help him reach his goal. Yet, when we looked through the math of like, if he were just to help double the traffic, now it sounds like a big goal, but mm-hmm. we've got budget, we've got momentum. Every month we last year we four x the traffic, so like it's a cheap double is pretty like in the bag for him. If we looked at just what the outcome would be if he doubled, it would help him get to eighty percent of the goal. And so I'm like, why? Like okay, if you're you know any reasonable person is presented, if I do better at what I'm focusing on versus I do all these other new things and the other new things don't add up, logic. No one wants to work on stupid things. Everyone's pretty logical after they see the numbers. They're going to be like, well, I, yeah, you're right. I should work on the thing that's already working. We have momentum in and will account for 80% of my goal um, instead of like six new things that in combination might not add up to my goal, right? And so again, this is what, what I call, if it doesn't pencil, <laughs> and maybe there's a better way to put this, but if it doesn't pencil out on a, pa- on a piece of paper when you come up with the idea, uh, which is usually you're looking at the best possible outcome, there's no way in hell it's going to work out in reality, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of startups, a lot of founders, they focus on a lot of stuff. And most of these things will never pencil out. Um, and, and, and so what we do at Rat Ventures is we don't do a lot. We, we focus on those things that, <laughs> shit, they pencil out and, and then we go and execute them. Yeah, I mean, it's great to visualize exactly what that looks like and, and to see it uh, written out in those cases. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, for a company that, that really focuses on prioritizing, aside from just being able to do more impactful things, how does that rigorous prioritization affect other parts of your, your company, other side effects or your culture? What, how do you see that in other parts of your business? Yeah. So um, I see this in a lot of places in the company. So one, um, a lot of people don't like this. Uh, a lot of people feel like this is micromanaging. People feel like this is... Um, I should be doing more. I should be doing, you know, um, why, why would I like not work on an idea that has potential and, and, uh, they don't like it. Um, but most of those people actually, I've only had one person out of like 15 people I've hired in the last two years, not 
conform to my way of thinking and not that my way of thinking is the right way mm-hmm. my way of thinking evolves and on our process and thesis expands over the years like well we've added more bolt-ons and adjusted our framework and so we're tinkering all the time by no means are we what i call we're not right we just have a way that works and so we're going to leverage the way that works instead of reinventing the wheel um but yes it, it, it takes some kind com- like com- some conformity to to kind of go and think this way and do do things this way. And, and in the beginning, it feels like micromanagement. Like, why is someone telling me I'm a, you know, if I, if I hired a, a, you know, a VP of sales and I, I tell them like, Hey, I want you to hit this goal. And, but you can't, you can't do like 50 of the things that you used to do that you know work. Yeah. I want you only to do like five things. Um, so sometimes or at, at surface, it looks like I'm tying their hands behind their back and telling them to run a marathon. Um, well, the good thing is you need your feet for a marathon most of the time. So you can run a marathon. And that's usually my first, my first response when someone says that. But, um, but the other thing is when you, when you kind of think through this, it, 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 uh, it, 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 it again, pencils out and, and the logic is there and people kind of nod and like, oh, that works. And I also show examples in the past uh, of what has worked. And again, like, um, our teams are somewhere between three people to 10 people. So every, every one of our companies is fairly small in terms of team. We don't, we don't mean to be small, but we're just very effective with our time. And, and again, so we're able to, to take a lot for, uh, for, for little. So, um, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, no, absolutely. It does. I mean, just to build that whole culture of, of everyone's always looking at this and, and you know, it's not just going to be like, okay, here's a good idea. Let's throw a body at it and let's let's see what happens. But to really look at it in a long-term perspective, what's going to have the most impact and everything. So it's a really solid concept and I'm, I'm glad we're able to discuss more. So John, this has been great. How can people stay in touch with you to, to continue to follow along with some of your ideas? Yeah. So best thing to do is uh, subscribe to my email newsletter on sujinpatel.com. Um, I, I have usually a weekly video article I, I, I create probably around three or 400 pieces of content a year, um, whether it's video, podcast, uh, written content, just sharing kind of my approach and, and, and things like that. So that's probably the best way. Um, or you can uh, add me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, it's been excellent to talk about this topic. I'm, I'm anxious to kind of get back to my work and see what I can prioritize. So thanks a lot for all the great insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been the Work Minus Podcast. If you like what we're doing, go to workminus.com where you can see the show notes and a full transcript for every episode. You can also sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest progressive ideas about how you can build a better workplace. 